listener production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Footy Talk, new crew in today. Brent Reed is here off the bench. Ready? Pumped. Pumped. Talking about the CBA. Very excited. It's all over. Josh Reynolds is here. I am, mate. What are we talking about, Joshy? <laughs> Effort footy. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> what a debut <laughs> this is going to be. <laughs> Footy Talk Friday. Hello, everyone. Uh, it's not your usual crew. Everyone called in sick or had things to do, and poor old producer Charlie was ringing around everyone. He's ended up with us three And you'll do anything for a paycheck. Myself got a paycheck, yep. <laughs> I just came running in. Uh, Brent Reid from the Daily Telegraph and the Australian and everywhere else at News Corp. How are you, mate? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Excellent. And a big hello to Josh Reynolds. Good. It's their time right now. Retirement, how long in now? Three weeks, About is it? three weeks, yeah. Three, three, four weeks. Yeah. yeah. It's good. For our audience, and you've explained it a few times, but that that way that the club handled that day at Belmore and, and looking back on it now on reflection still sits pretty well with you. Oh, mate, amazing. Honestly, yeah. like, like they went in above and beyond and that goes from Ciro making the whole week. It was a lot because, you mm. know, all the boys are like making it a lot about me and stuff and even though you might think it ready, I don't like that. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly, it was, man, like even just the way they – with my family, looking after them constantly uh, and just because it, the thing is, and, and everyone knows, like they're a part of the ride. They ups, the downs, the the tantrums I throw when I get home and <laughs> after the losses and whatnot. But I know it's a cliche, but I'll actually be forever grateful for that. And even for everything they've done for me in my career, I've had a really good three, four weeks now to sit and think about what I actually want to do. And it's, I just want to give back to them as much as I can. And I can't as much as I probably used to because it's all about winning and on the field. But yeah. for, for me now... I'm just going to try and get into that club and, and help as much as I can. And whether that's sponsorship-wise or helping a young kid get through, I'm not too mm. sure yet. But, yeah, I definitely want to be there. Have you got a gig? What, what are you going to do? Have you got a job there? Have you in retirement or what's the plan there with dogs? We're not over the line yet. We're in, yeah. we're in talks. But, no, they, they, they've always sort of said, they've always sort of said, like, we'd love to have you here. And it was a no-brainer for me, like, as in I wanted to be. So, yeah. I was keen as well, mate. You're part of the furniture. Then. They shouldn't have <laughs> let you go in the first place. Uh, well, mate, it's 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 weird now, mate. Like I'm, I don't know why, but I haven't even been punted from the WhatsApp group. So the boys are at training all day. And that's just, that's just, when it's official. I'm yeah. just on the lounge, and I'm just like, <laughs> "What's going on, boys?" And I'm like, "Why aren't they replying?" <laughs> it's either they're like, "Oh, who's this old washed-up guy?" or they're just actually training. But no, um, yeah, that's that's the plan, really, mate. Just um. Pretty much trying to find exactly, you know, what I'm going to do in there. But I, I think for me personally, I, I'd actually like to do a bit of bit of everything. You know, coaching. Probably not, yep. to be honest. Like, when, yeah, I said a bit of everything, yep. but it's, I'd probably more just like to mentor maybe. young guys. Yep. Yeah, like probably step away from the NRL a little bit. Yep. Always still be around because I'm, I'm mates with all the boys, and yep. I'm always going to be a pest to them. But <laughs> I feel we've got a really good catchment of juniors at. at at Canterbury, and I suppose I'm very lucky to be able to, I suppose, try and show them and express them what it means to be a Bulldog. Like, you know, we, we've been renowned as a family club for years. You know, we, we've sort of said maybe lost that in the last five or so years. So, mate, even just to do something like that, you know, Andrew Ryan's there at the moment doing, doing the culture, and I just think that's that's really cool, trying to get it back to, mm. you know, what it, what it really should be. So, 
yeah, I, I definitely want to be there, but not too sure in what vicinity. You know what I can smell here? What? June 30 next next year. <laughs> yeah. few injury problems. The old $1 <laughs> contract. <laughs> so I still have to wonder, is that part of the new uh, CBA <laughs> that we're going to talk know. about? Can you start now if well, you can I, still do it? I actually contract. signed one last, last this year because yeah, when well, I went down yeah. to the New South Wales Cup contract, I think it was a dollar. They still <laughs> haven't paid me yet, actually. <laughs> oh, wow. I better <laughs> invoice them. <laughs> but is that why you made Adam get your coffee downstairs? No, that was for... Um, I was quite happy to do that because the number of times I booed this bloke sitting on the hill <laughs> <of> the <laughs> um, Reedy, though, it, it does seem that we've seen some horrific partings of ways of club icons, legends, you know, people who have their names synonymous with the club over the course of – but it does feel like rugby league is getting the hang of doing this properly, rugby league clubs. And mm. it's probably indicative of the Bulldogs at the moment, what they're trying to get back. And yeah. maybe they went away and, and whatever with Gus there and Cameron Serrato, who is huge on – unity and being as one yeah. as a club, but feels like instances like Josh's farewell are yeah. more regular now. Well, I was out there for the day. It was a pretty special day. But, I mean, the Bulldogs have obviously brought back, you mentioned Andrew Ryan, but Willie's, mm-hmm. I think Willie's involved yep. there. Is Marco, Marco Miller oh, yeah, involved? Yeah, really, yeah. So they're getting a lot of those guys back. And obviously Cameron's, he's mentioned several times in press conferences this year that the culture's wrong there. It's a culture of, as much as it's about being the Bulldogs, it's about getting a winning culture back there, and mm. those guys have all got a connection to a time when the Bulldogs won, won premierships, won footy games. So, you know, as much as I think he wants to bring back that Bulldog spirit, he wants to bring back a winning spirit mm. as well, and I think that's what those guys bring with them. Quick one um, on the actual footy before we get to the CBA and finalise in principle, and later in the show we'll talk to Wade Graham, who's on the board of the RLPA, from their perspective about what's gone on. But the game last night at Brookvale, I honestly, being a Manly fan, I thought we were going to get pumped by 40, the way mm. things have been going, the way Penrith have been going. And then Manly come up with this style, and Charlie's really keen for me to call it this, but he, <laughs> you are going to use, you are going to beep it. You're not. No. I'm going to call it effort footy because I'm a yeah. man of integrity, yes. Charlie. You guys can call it what the F stands for, but it was basically stuff this. We're not going to go through the middle because we're going to lose the rest, so we're going to lose the ruck. Mm. So let's move them. Let's shift <clears throat> as much as we can nearly worked. It was just execution when they started dropping the ball in the second half, but it it gave a consideration to the thought that is this potentially the way through against Penrith? I liked it. Did you? <laughs> well, I, I, look, Penrith are a team that I, I constantly keep watching them. There's a couple of games this year where they've not been rattled, but teams have got them at the start, but they just, they just take it. They pressure, they love pressure. And there's no, there's, for me right now, the way that there's no way to crack them. The perfect example last night was Manly. Like, mm. there was anyone who's gone a different way. What is it? Effort, effort, effort football. Footy. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, Penrith just would have been like, what's going on here? Yeah. For some reason, they just take it. They take it. Come back. Where you down? Where you yeah. down? But I liked it. I did. Maybe, mm. maybe it is a way. I maybe. Did, didn't mm. teams used to try that against Melbourne? Just playing an expansive style of footy? Because if you used to get in the armrest with Melbourne, they would mm. beat you. Yeah. But, so Canberra did it a few times in yeah. big games, and didn't Canberra they? had great success yeah. against Melbourne. and shift and – But, I mean, you've got to be smart about it too, though. Like, Manly just went – they just went too far. Well, the, they don't, the didn't Ruben have The Garrett kick was just – Was that know, a twenty forty? he was trying there? Well, apparently it was part of their plan, but, I mean, I didn't so much have a problem with the kick. But then the way they defended it when the ball yeah, got well, turned over, Sieb I mean – said that after. He Ruben said had that. a chance to tackle him, and I'm not mm. sure what Ruben was doing, but you've just got to – you can only go so far with it, right? It's about yeah. knowing when to when you reach the limit of it. So it worked. It was look that looked really good early, manly in the first yeah. half. You know what I think as well, mate. Like yeah. you, when as a team, right? In, in you, you say, yep. If we play our style of footy, 
you'd like to think you'd beat anyone. That's what that's the perfect scenario. That's what you want to do. That's in preseason what you when you what you build, you know, you you season on. Are you really go are you going away from that because Penrith was so good? You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's a one it's a one game year where you have to change it up. Are they that good? Yeah. Are Penrith that good that you you have to change it up? It's sort of like um the, the basketball from the cricket, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Yeah, that, that's yeah. what it reminded me of after witnessing what England, all it is, is just never being allowed, never allowing the opposition to settle into the rhythm that they want. Mm. And well, Penrith, I mean, but we've. The problem is Penrith is so good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's so good that you might be perfect at that for 60 minutes, hmm. but they'll get you in the last 20 anyway. I so guarantee I, you, though, if they didn't, if they didn't. You've got to play the perfect game. Manly to win last night had to play the perfect game. Josh Schuster, don't don't kick the ball. And it was the opening couple yeah, well, of minutes. Yeah, that was just a brain dump. Plays. Yeah. Ruben Garrick, defend it. Like the and and at some point you'll drop your guard. You just can't stay at that level. Mm. Play, you cannot play that. Not many teams can play that level style of football for eighty minutes. In fact, mm. I would argue no one can. I'll tell you. I'll tell you one team who I think can, boys, and I think it's the only team that can beat Penrith is the Broncos. Yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. if they take. Okay, so last night, Manly, you know, not full strength, obviously no turbo, a couple other players out. Mm. If Broncos are full strength and go in with that F-ball, um, you know, philosophy, <laughs> can they, no, well, can they Can they beat him? What about South? Absolutely. Could South play that style? After last, oh, they can. Yeah. But, mate, after la, honestly, after last week, I, love, I, I always think South are that team that can maybe beat um, Penrith, but I don't know. Last week, last week got me. Brisbane... Yeah. I was listening to the game. Was it last weekend that they played North Queensland on the yes. Saturday Arbor? And yeah. I was listening to the game on, on Triple M, not just saying it. I actually did. And at <laughs> halftime, remember the halftime report, it was uh, Kevy Walters just wanted his side to keep playing quick because if they keep playing quick, he knows that the Cowboys can't go with them because they've got them for fitness. So that, to me, and I've heard that said a lot of times about Brisbane and what they want and the style that they want to play. So speed is probably the only thing that's going to break Penrith's kind of set up and experience and big game mm. mentality and a guy like Reese Walsh injecting yeah. himself. They're going to have to play the perfect game mm. because, I mean, if Penrith come up with what they did in the first half of the grand final last year against Parramatta, yeah. it's going to be hard to beat. I'll, I'll, tell you one, I'll tell you one bloke who is just unbelievable defensively now and he reminds me of Josh Morris back when he was in his prime. You couldn't get around him, around Jay Mons, is Stephen Crichton. Yeah. Mate, his defense is ridiculous. And, like, obviously I, when I watch games – Sometimes I'll have my like um, footy head on where I like mm. break it down. I'm like, should he have jammed there? Should he have not uh, mm. backed off or whatever? And mate, he never gets it wrong. Makes the right decision every, every time. time. Yeah. And, and he was he was he swapped positions last night. I swapped sides. Sorry. Mm. And that's hard in itself. I mm. know when I've gone from the right to the left, it's just something you just don't feel right. Like because mm. I'm used to the right so much, and you you having guys come at your, your inside shoulder more than you out. And mate, he just—he's just never flustered. Honestly, you know, we've got—we've got him at the dogs next year. As and, a fullback, though, Josh. Yeah, what do but, you think? Yeah, is he so valuable now as a centre that playing with fullbacks almost—I wouldn't say a waste, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, but probably have to agree with you because, yeah. like, defensively, what he can show, even our younger centres, I can tell he's been under Ciro for a long time because Ciro is, is drilling that into the boys exactly what he's doing. But he's just a. He's just so good at it right now. But, yeah, I, I do agree with you, Reedy. But at the same time, yeah, they've brought Blake Taff if it doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, but I think, yeah, they're, they're going to give him first crack. I always find it amazing how you say he never makes the wrong decision. How uh, – and I, I, obviously I don't play the game, didn't play the game. But I always find it amazing how often centres get caught out. 
making mm. the wrong decision. I know they get a lot thrown at them, and making decisions on the edge is difficult, right? Yeah. Because you get so many decoy runners and yeah, all those different Yeah, you've got so many bodies in motion in front of you at different but, angles. But, you know, so South for that left side attack, they always throw at teams. They catch people out all the time, and I think to myself, it's the same thing every week. <laughs> Why? How does it keep getting there? Yeah, but, mate, I'll tell you what. Cody Walker coming at you, eyeing you out, going square at the line. Mm. He's back row up, punching on your inside shoulder. The center's going, well, I've got to help my halfback here. It's made it's it's hard, honestly, yeah, Reedy. Like clearly. I take no, but I take me out of to to good defensive centers because for me, like as a half, I always want to jam. I want to go in and and but you just can't because the good ball players will get you. Cody Walker will throw that, that tunnel ball all the time. So it's just there. Yeah. Tell you what we should do, play a role reversal here. So Reedy, you go out and defend in the centers at a couple of opposed <laughs> sessions. Yeah. And Josh, if you could, could you just give us a thousand words on deadline <laughs> in half an hour, please? And have the result change in the last five minutes um. just to totally screw with your head. <laughs> hey, guys, quick one on the CBA. We'll, we'll talk to Wade Graham uh, after the break, get into detail about it. But how has it all of a sudden happened so quick, Reedy? And did everyone get what they wanted? Well, no one ever gets everything they want in this situation, do they? Um, you know, I just think there was a willingness to to compromise, which has been missing for 21 months or 20 months or whatever. And, you know, obviously Peter Volandi is a great deal maker. We all know that. I mean, that's his reputation. And Pete's got really heavily involved in the last two days. And I think that's fast-track things. But I th think it's just a willingness or an acknowledgement that it needed to be resolved and a willingness to, to bend without breaking on both sides. I think that's why we are able to move it on so quickly in, in the past couple of days. Mm. Happy, Josh? Yeah, yeah, I am. I mean, it has to like it's it's a hard one though because in it because I was sort of uh, thinking before I've had uh, a few people come up to me and saying, "Oh, it's about time you players gave in," and I I, I didn't have that perception. I really no. didn't. No, like, and that's just mm. maybe because I, for me personally, I was weighing up a few things in my life, retiring, and I just wasn't fully. You know, I knew everything that was sort of going on, and I was across it, but I was probably a bit. Yeah, I didn't really under understand how. And I get it. It was hurting the fans. They're the main ones that got hurt, yeah. Reedy, as, as you know. But I just, yeah, I, I thought we were the good guys. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it, but with these things. I reckon it was about 33% to everyone. Yeah. So yeah, okay. 33 with the players, 33 with the uh, the administration, 33% who just didn't care. Yeah. And just wanted to resolve one <laughs> yeah, way or yeah, the other. That's, that's fair. But I, with these things, it comes down to how you communicate what you want out of it all. Yeah. And that's how... That's how elections are won. Mm. It's not someone who has the best policy. It's about who enunciates it the best or, or communicates it the best for the general public. And it's the same with this one. I think the players didn't quite handle that PR, not a PR battle, but, you know, getting their point of view across and saying, no, we're, we're not going to end up not playing games. We're not looking to, you know, everyone gets a free renovation on their house with all the extra money that we're going to get out of our next yeah. contract. It's, it's these things – Clearly, and it, it was never quite clear to the fans about what exactly what was the main sticking point. I have a little sympathy there for the players because a lot of it, it dry stuff that people don't care about. And if yeah. you started talking about it, most people's eyes are glazed over. Mm. When you start talking about control of injury hardship funds and those sort of things, people people don't know what you're talking about and they mm. don't care. Mm. So explaining that side of things is difficult because people just switch off. Oh, well, what we're going to do, we're going to take a break and talk more about it then. <laughs> we're going to have Wade Graham join us after the break on Footy Talk. <laughs> Footy Talk, new crew in today. Brent Reed is here off the bench. Ready? Pumped. Pumped. Talking about the CBA. Very excited. It's all over. And Thank Josh, God. 
Josh Reynolds is here. I am, mate. Right, so before the break here on Footy Talk, we spoke about the fact that the CBA is finally finalised and Brent Reid and fellow journos can get on with their lives. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. You can talk to the players again. Yeah, but, Hallelujah. Well, let's talk to one of them right now. But he's, he's, <laughs> he knows a bit more than just your average player, I think, because he's on the board of the RLP. Eh? Wade Graham has had a big week or a big couple of weeks with the retirement decision and all of that. But um, we'll speak in a moment about that, Wade. But uh, first of all, the RLPA's perspective of the deal that is finally done. No, we're happy. We're excited to get it done. It's been a long process. I know we've all felt the pinch of how long it's taken to get this deal across the line, but it seems that it's finally arrived and you know, I'm fully relieved that it's finally done and we can get on with the rest of the season now and go back to business as normal. Wade, tell me this. 21 months, 20 months, right, of haggling got knocked over in two days. Huh. Can you explain how that happens? Well, it's, you'd have to say it's fully investment from both parties and the need to probably uh, allow for change and not be so probably stubborn from both parties, it seems. I think, you know, there's a lot probably in the washout that we're going to look to in the past that was probably unnecessary that, that did make it drag on for so long and it's unfortunate it did happen. You know, it's going to be, take some time to probably reflect on the whole process because there's no, there's no doubt we can't go through a process like that again. It's just... Um, there was no real winners from it being drawn out for so long. Probably every every party involved, you know, like the players, the game, the NRL clubs, the fans, everyone probably lost a little from the from the process. But I think from my perspective that now that it is finally done, time to get back on the same page because there's no doubt, you know, we want to see the game thrive, the players and the and, and NRL management and the clubs. Um, and hopefully with this deal done and from the players' point of view, it's probably they're tapped in at a level now where they feel there's a there's a certain respect and, and partnership and an element of they're at the level they should be in the investment um, with their investment into the game. And I think that'll hopefully drive the game to, to greater heights than it's ever been before. Well, I like personally, mate, you're, you're on the board and, you know, a massive part of a push for the players. Being recently re- retired myself, mate, and, and I suppose just speaking to the punters sometimes, I, I didn't realise how, I suppose, how much people thought that it was us players stalling this. And it actually, it, it's actually a bit crazy because I I was under the impression that us as players, we were, you know, just sticking together and, and being united. But I didn't, I suppose, realise how much, you know, some media outlets were crucifying us, mate. Like, do you feel um, as a player now... Um, Hold on, what are you talking about? No, like, Why are you looking no, at me when no, you no, said that? No, no, I'll be honest. Like, I, I, I honestly didn't think. Honestly, yeah. when I was in it, I just thought, you know... Everyone thought that uh, the negotiations were just happening mm. and, you know, it's a bit of both sides. But but just talking to a few punters, I think they thought the players were a bit out of line. Honestly, I didn't get that feeling at all. The guys that I spoke to, I was in Clubland, um, around the streets, and like the majority on social media, like, of course there's going to be different narratives pushed out there, you know, and you've got to wear that mm. with, with the game we're in and how much I suppose it means to everyone. But I, I didn't. It actually gave me uh, gave me strength and confidence in how you you know how you unified the players. Well, like, this problem wasn't going to go away until both parties got in there and sorted it out. And in the past, it may have been it might have went away with the pressure that was put on and the narratives that were getting out there. But I think the playing group as a whole learned a lot through the COVID process, a lot about how, you know how things work in our head office, where things go, where things are meant to go, and how the business operates. Uh, and there was some serious probably questions about management in the past. So there was no way off the back of that uh, moving forward that the players 
you know, with their CBA deal could allow that sort of stuff to happen again without, I wouldn't say oversight, but transparency with everything and understanding of, you know, the game strategy and how they plan to move forward and grow the game. And I suppose off the back of this deal now being done, that transparency and that ability for the, the RLPA and the players to know exactly, you know, where, where management is trying to push the game is going to be uh, clearer than ever. So, and that, that allows the players to get on board and help drive the game as well. Mm-hmm. So I think we're, we're tapped in now to the level probably as the player views they're investing in the game should be uh, and how much, you know, there are stakeholders in the game. And like I said, I'm focused on now the playing group and that are actually repairing this relationship the best they can because it takes all parties, but we all want to see the game succeed. So we all got to get, you know, aligned. We're always, there's going to be different views from time to time, but, you know, ultimately we need to be aligned and, and help drive this game in the right direction. Oh, I'm sure when Origin comes around now that uh, Clinton Co have got those corporate box tickets to the NRL and everything like that next year that they can sort it. But in all seriousness, Wade, what's the one thing, because from a fan's point of view, from my point of view, I wasn't really covering it like Reedy, but just looking at it from a fan's point of view, I don't really know what the main sticking points were because the money was done. But from your point of view, from the player's point of view, what was the main thing that you're most proud of that was in that that there was a bit of toing and froing about that you stood up for yourselves about? Was it? Well, I think for, for one, the transparency, being able to get all the information that we need to actually make informed decisions on behalf of the players uh, and give that information down to the playing groups. And then, you know, there's, there's things around agreement rights and, you know, a bit of autonomy. The players have a bit more control over what they do with their percentages. And, you know, because the RPA, they're the ones who come out and visit the club. They're the one who has the touch points within each club. You know, they actually speak to players and understand where the players want to invest their time and their resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're, they're ultimately the ones who know uh, what the players want to want to do and, and where they want to spend their stuff. So for them to have that autonomy, um, and again, we'll, we'll be transparent with the NRL as well, but for them to control their own destiny a little bit more moving forward, I think is the best one. And, and just that, that transparency, being able to understand how the game is managing the game's resources and their, their players moving forward, just, you know, I suppose just to have a level of comfort that if there was to be, you know, another another c- catastrophe like COVID, they were not staring down the barrel of the game being in a hole after three months of no footy. Yeah. Hey, Wade, I spoke to Pete Valandis this morning. He was obviously glowing in his praise of the players and said, you know, there's an agreement that we're going to work together to grow the game Bringing now. Bring people together. Does that, how is that relationship from your perspective, from a player's perspective with the NRL and, and the power brokers there, after everything you've been through in the last 20 months? Does it need work? Does it need to be repaired? Oh, there's, there's, there's no doubt it needs work after probably the, the whole process. But, you know, I'm a bit of an optimist. You know me, really. I get along with Pete actually quite well. Uh, Loves I've, you, I've mate. Loves no, you. I've got no issues with Andrew. And, you know, there's, there's going to be disagreements on the way, you know, moving forward. No doubt. There's always a disagreement with people when they're so invested and, you know, they got goals to move forward. But I think, you know, ultimately the relationship needs to be in a part where we can come together, talk like adults about our disagreements and then find a way, find the solution forward. I, I feel like you know, in the past it's been more you do as you're told or you move on or you know, it's just a flat no, not not probably a commitment to work through the process and, and an understanding, you know, to get to the end goal together. But, you know, off the back of this, this and, and like I said, through the wash and, you know, on the reflection, there's no doubt the only way forward now is is, is together. And, you know, I'm certainly confident uh, moving into the future, you know, that I might not even be a part of it. As a player, all the go, I don't know what I'm going to be doing yet, but that both parties, um, you know, will be working together 
probably in a much more positive way and um, hopefully, as I said earlier, like can take the game to, you know, unprecedented heights. Wado, we'll, we'll transition just quickly for one last one with you about uh, what you just mentioned there. You don't know what you'll be doing. I know what you'll be doing in November, and that's being happy because you won't have to front up for preseason. <laughs> but in all seriousness, after you made the call, mate, to, to retire, any hint of, oh, have I done the right thing? Or is it all about you, beauty? I can just get on with my life now. No, uh, there is a bit of that. Uh, you'd like a bit of probably relief, I'd say, that you know I'm looking down while well, we've got four games left of the, of the season, regular season, and hopefully we can tackle on a few more games at the Sharkies. But, yeah, there's that relief. You know, I can see the finish line. It's inside. I'm, I'm completely comfortable with my decision. You know, the more you know, I think about after last week and all, like, all the messages I've received and, and everything, like, you know, I've had a hell of a run and I'm extremely proud of it. But... You know, I'm more excited for what the next part might look like for me and the family, and I'm looking forward to, yeah, not rocking up in preseason in November and and working out what the next you know 20, 30 years of my life looks like. It's it's exciting for me and the family. Wait, mate, I'll tell you what. Recently, just been retired as well. There's no better feeling waking up and not having to be bashed every morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's their, yeah, it's their yeah. best, mate. But you know what? The way you play, oh, I'm sure you probably love waking up, building people every single day. So you'll probably miss it, mate. But in saying that, man, I just wanted to say uh, congratulations, mate. Honestly, you're probably one of the toughest back roles I've ever had to play against. Um, you had everything. You used to put a target on me on me back every single time we played. But mate, I just wanted to congratulate and say. Uh, I hope your your retirement goes well, mate. Yeah, well, likewise, mate. We're in the, we're in the same boat right now, so <laughs> looking forward to transitioning out of the game. And um, you know, I'm going to put my golf game. I'm going to give it the respect <laughs> it finally deserves. I'm going to make it priority <laughs> in my life. Brilliant, Wade. Thanks so much for joining us and updating us from an RLPA's perspective about uh, what has gone on in the last 20 months or so. It's all done now. And in many uh, respects, you can look forward. Don't have to look back. Thanks, mate. You'll be looking forward to talking to us again, won't you, Wade? Eh? Well, yeah. you always were talking to us, weren't you? Yeah. You never stopped. Uh, yeah. No drivers for me, mate. I'm, a, I'm half part of you guys now. You are, yeah. <laughs> Fully part now. <laughs> See you, mate. <laughs> See you guys. Mate, just on what Wade was talking about there with retirement and looking forward, is it though, and every rugby league player goes through this, every sports person, is it a scary thought though about, oh, okay, I've got the void and yeah, you don't have to deal with Viliami Kikau (laughs) (laughs) training these, (laughs) just using you as roadkill. But Mm. in all seriousness, is is it a hint of trepidation about, oh, okay, what now? You know what, mate? I um, I've had a, I've been thinking about this a lot, um, but for me personally, I've always understood that it's not going to last forever. So I've always tried to. I feel I've been setting up for this point for a long time, and mm. don't get me wrong, I was fully invested every single year I was playing footy. But at the same time, I was always trying to figure out what I was going to do. Um, so for me, if I'm being completely honest right now, I'm okay. Like mm. I, yeah, I. I've got a vision. I know where I, where I want to be. So that's not false bravado going, no, nah, I'm fine. No, nah, like, yeah. honestly, like, I'm being – like, and I, but I do see the other side how scary it could be, like, mm. in the fact of if one day, you know, I retired three or so weeks weeks ago, and that next day, if you honestly didn't have anything set up and, you know, you're not getting mm. paid the wage that you've been getting paid, like, and let's say it's been, a, it's been a fair wage for a lot of boys for a long time, it, it could be so scary. And, you know, you've got to go to an interview and – you know, no one really cares anymore that you, you, yeah. you're not the person, you know, everyone like, mate, walk down the road, get a free coffee, free feed sometimes. <laughs> this, no, but honestly, it, that's probably the scary part. And, yep. you know, for me personally, I've always, I've tried to do my best in any situation where it's, you know, networking at events, just to try and meet mm. the right sort of people and, 
yeah, so mate, for me, I'm I'm okay, mm. uh, but I do understand how how it could be scary. You're a competitive bugger, right? You always have been. <laughs> how are you going to fill that dressing room void, that competitive void? You're taking up another another sport, or what are you going to do? Well, mate, I've, I've, me and my mate, we've signed up for the West Ride Rovers Oz Tag team. So oh, that starts go. in October. Oh. So, mate, there's, we're in preseason now. No. Mate, All I'm, I'm, I'll be, the opposition. I'll be going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I say. How do I niggle in Oz Tag? Oh, you find a way. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be trying to figure it out. But no, you're right, mate. It's Because um, that's the hard bit for, for yeah. sports people, right? Where, how do they fill that void in their life? I think you've got to come to terms with you're never going to fill it because there's no way you could have the same sort of feeling in any, unless you yeah, become a professional ping pong player, mate, and, yeah. and go to the Olympics for a non-contact sport. Or I, I, I've sort of come to terms with that. You're not going to, and yeah. it is hard. Because nothing beats a dressing room after a win, right? That's no that's the peak. No way. Yeah, the other day I went to the gym and, mate, I you know, pumped a bit of iron next to a bloke. He was lifting a 16-kilo. I lifted 18, so I won. Yeah. I went home, said to me, Mrs. like, let's go, you know. She's like, what are you doing? <laughs> She's like, relax. So no, I, I, was trying to, I was trying to pump it up. But, yeah. no, nah, it, it is going to be hard, mate. That's that's the one thing that I will miss. It's, yeah. it's a weird kind of concept because really in really and I's business, like people ask me, oh, when you get, when have you got eyes on, like, retiring or whatever? I said, well, I don't have to ever retire because you can always – come up with some garbage and write it down on a piece of paper <laughs> and hand it to someone or yeah. or talk into a microphone. But you know, but, you've played sport, right? I mean, hmm. I'm still playing over 45 soccer. The dressing room is the best place. Yes. Even at, when you're playing over 45 soccer and you have a win and you hang around having a beer. Yeah, and you do just paper so rock good. scissors to see who has to ref the next game but, and you pay on that bloke yeah. and it's great but the fun. NRL, that's another <laughs> level what, what you played. And that you just that dressing room is such an amazing place after a win. Yeah. But, mate, you know what? In saying that, boys, like, I suppose in any sort of – if you love something and you're passionate about it, you probably love over 45 soccer. 55? Mm, 45. 45. Please. No, honestly, but yeah. like it's – it's you can still create that same feeling. Yeah. And like you say, you know, it, like what's the difference? Like obviously a few more people watching, but when you yeah. get in that dressing room, if you're there with your mates and you win a game, you yeah. know, you put one in the, in the top of the net, like it's probably that same. So I will – I'll probably will try and find that. I've – I'm definitely going to sign up for me, the, me old A-grade team are trying to get a team together from when we, we played back in the day, oh. but I can't play in the Canterbury comp. And I'll, get, I'll get killed. Yeah. <laughs> he would be walking around with a dartboard on his... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dartboard? No, man, it'll be a, a bullet board. <laughs> Mate, I reckon you'll have a game. I can see it. Country footy? Would you go and have a have a run out in the bush? Uh, probably not, mate. I, like, no, actually, I'll take that back. If the, if it was to help, like, yeah. you know, a club, something like That's that. That's what I'm saying. I like, don't know if I could know. fully commit to a full year. No, no, but go and play some guest in. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah mate, my, my, my phone might go off there. Not yet, but I just want to have a – I think I saw Joel, Joel Thompson did that the other yeah, day, didn't he? that yeah. was cool. He's yeah. old – Um, I think he – was he doing it for someone in his family, his, gr- yeah, his grandma? So. Anyway, yeah. that, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. see, I, I find that – that pretty cool. And, mate, I, a few of the little things I'm sort of doing away from footy, I'm actually going a fair bit into the country stuff, and it's cool, mate. Like, they mm. they love it. Yeah. I, I love how country people really embrace you when you come in because it, we're, we're, but we're lucky in the city. Like, we would get to see games all the time. Mm. But, you know, when you go out there and, yeah, they make you feel really nice. So, yeah, who knows? Well, mate, thanks for joining us today. Much appreciated. And, uh, Reedy, good to see you again. And, yeah, well done off the bench. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, I might get another start, eh? (laughs) That was footy talk (laughs) for this one. Have a great weekend, everyone.